for shorts, I tell you. All right. I like this new background. Some people might get angry because uh, the, the painting is not there. I like it, though. Hey, uh, BZ. Dima, what's up, man? How's that tattooed going, brother? It's Springfield, Missouri. It's good to see you. Hey, we're TikTok Live. Uh, this is like our third live session. And uh, my man, my main man, BZ, Squeezy, he's got this uh, going straight into podcasts in the new website. We're growing, guys. We're growing. Growth in, guys. Touchpoint. 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 That's all I'm seeing right now. Good, homie. You as well. Dima. I talked to Dima yesterday. And let me back up for the camera. Say, I talked to Dima yesterday. He's in Springfield, Missouri. And he's got, this ain't no advertisement, like I said. He's got the coolest, uh, most amazing tattoo artwork I've seen. Unless it's been on TV or something, but I didn't see any difference. So my hat's off to you. Touchpoint. Blakey Snakey. Touchpoint. Hope you're well and blessed, Jimmy. I'm very well. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Jake, the snake, uh, and everybody that I've been able to call, uh, make cell phone calls to this week. Uh, like I said, a man of my word. Uh, we, uh, we've been lining up calls every day. Uh, and I've been calling somebody every day, either uh, a kid who needs help, who needs a hero, adult supervision, of course, uh, and then uh, 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 generally guys that are trying to go to uh, to uh, to go to the arduous Navy SEAL training. Uh, and and like, let me tell you something: if I can do it, and if all the guys I know that did it could do it, then you can too. It's just a matter. Of not just putting your mind to it, but trusting in a, high, a higher power because you're going to need it, all right? And uh, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants anyways. Hey, thank you, uh, b uh, Fox said, love your stuff. Well, I love you. Starfish624, um, interesting handle. You're always supporting, and I really appreciate you too. I saw that. Thank you very much. Um, we're, we're, we're live streaming on, on the podcast and, uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Watson podcast.com, or you can go to, and I'm going to make this short guys, tell my story.io pretty much the same thing. It's going to take you to my new website that BZ had everything to do with my main man. And, uh, and, uh. You can, you can go to that site and check out all the platforms, the thousands of platforms that we're on now. Okay, I don't know how many, but it looked like it looked like a bunch to me. When you're ADHD, colors and stuff on websites, you're like, wow, it's cool, you know. Uh, but can we get a Texas tornado story? I honestly, uh, and I say honestly very carefully because I'm always honest, right? Uh don't think that you're ready for a Texas tornado story just yet. 
because you just need to be in the right mindset. It's 10 o'clock Eastern time in Texas. You know, there could be a tornado siren that goes off in Texas here, and then all of a sudden, Texas tornado is going to roll down and uh, tell you a story. Now, uh, there, I only know, well, I know Georgia Hornet, uh, Seal Buddies, watching this he can't respond because he's in those special teams but hey brother what's up i know you're watching this i know you're laughing too georgia hornet uh and then there's hurricane k now i only know two guys that were named after storms hurricane k and texas tornado and that's not a good thing that ain't no bragging okay i say that humbly uh had to pay a couple couple repairs for some bars and and got a couple black eyes in the process Yes, sir. I was McAfee's bodyguard, too. Yes, sir. Um, yes, uh, user 406 said, tattoo artist from Springfield, uh, question mark. Uh, I believe it's Springfield, Missouri. Uh, Dima is there, and he is just banging out uh, tattoos like you're throwing flashbang in Osama's uh, his house while he's on dialysis. Yeah, so here's one. Braxton, and I'm just going to take a minute, everyone, because we're live, we're live streaming on podcasts. And so like, you know, the podcast is like, what the heck is this guy ramble on about? But I'm doing a live stream on TikTok. And so we're able to read all these cool little things. And I wish it came up on podcast. So I'm going to read some of these off and then get right back into a story and then answer as many questions as possible. Uh, touch point. Uh, this uh, shark 2322. What's up, uh, my brother? Uh, what's your plans for future for work? Uh, this right here, because I'm tired of being on house rest and just twiddling my thumbs. You know how just boring it is to be on house rest? Well, you know, because you've been on house rest with me, actually. Anyways, touch point, yes. Have you ever D? I don't know what that means. Please finish your sentence and translate that for me. Uh, this person said, uh, Die Hard, did you have a cool... Um, did you have a did you have a cool call sign? I mean, Hoss, H A U S, that's kind of cool. Uh, you know, you never can give yourself uh, uh, you can't give yourself call signs. Like, you know, one time a guy was like, yo, he just showed up to the team and he's like, you know, my 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 name's Chainsaw, homie. That's gonna be that's my name. And everybody's like, Well, now your name is Fairy Dust. You're you're Fairy Dust now. And everyone's going to be calling you Fairy Desk for the rest of your life now because you just named yourself uh, the Chainsaw. That's what that's what just happened to you. That that just happened. Yep. And so uh, I had a nickname, Tex Tornado, blah, 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 whatever. Now it's Jimmy. Now it's Jimmy Watson Podcast at, at uh, gmail.com. Anyways, touch point. What's up, brother? Touch point. Yes. And uh, I'll, I'll answer that. What did you get under house arrest for? Let me get into that. Where where are you? Where are um, where are we stationed? Well, I'm, me and you are stationed on Mars right now. If we're together, my friend. Uh, what did you get under house arrest for? I'll, I'll go into that. I'll go into that. So hey, so before we uh, let me just get into a story real quick because I want to keep this, this podcast synced this time. Besides a bunch of rambling on, you know. Or, you know, things are going to get crazy up in this piece. But I would love to uh, uh, get into all, all kinds of cool stories. One person asked for a paranormal, paranormal story. I mean, that's my life. You know what I mean? 
So uh, let me just start by saying thank you for everybody, and I want to start on this story. Okay, uh, I did a small synopsis of this, but I want to do a bigger one. And so here it goes. So in 2017, in August of 2017, I got out of the Navy SEALs. Uh, and I'm sorry for saying that word a lot, but when it's your life and your whole, everything you know, it's hard to like get out of that box. So, so I apologize. I could say S-E-A-L-S, you know, S-E-A-L, you know, that, that, whatever, however, however you spell SEALs, whatever, uh, or whatever you want me to do. But just, you know, you know what I mean? Touch point. And so I get out in August 2017, and uh, I decided to take the back burner, uh, you know, back, back burner role with my spouse uh, at the time uh, because she wants to do this nonprofit saving sex trafficked children. And so I say, hey, you took the backseat for me. I mean, I was only home in 2015 for three weeks. That's like serious deployments and crazy stuff, right? So uh, I wanted to take the backseat. And so for her and support her now and well we're running out of money we set up a safe house in california for these uh, sex trafficking girls and i was doing uh uh anti-sex trafficking uh, uh pursuing uh, certain cartel members in, in san diego county believe it or not it's an 800 million dollar a year uh sex trafficking ring uh, there in san diego county alone and so uh here i am with a great wonderful group of uh fellows uh, fellow operators and, and uh, former team guys, uh, former MARSOC and SEALs and stuff. And and uh, it wasn't as sexy as it sounds, you know, like like cartels and stuff, but we were working with the interagencies and cordoning off areas. But, it, it, I mean, it was it was cool, but it sounds a lot cooler than it really was. Um, but doing work, doing good work out there. And I felt like I was part of a team again. I was scared of the transition I was going to make out of the teams, out of SEALs. And so uh, – but the money is running out. And so my buddy calls me, which is an awesome seal. He says, hey, bro. He's like, hey, bro. He sounds like this. And if it, you know, if there's other seals out there and you know this voice, then you probably know who I'm talking about. He's like, yo, bro, what's up? And I'm like, hey, what's up, dog? And he's like, hey, check it out. I was like, hey, I can't, I can't you know, do whatever you're thinking. He's like, no, no, bro, this is cool. I'm, I'm not at Danny's right now. And he's like, uh, hey, you know John McAfee? And I'm like, no, bro. And he's like, John McAfee, look at your computer, bro, antivirus guy. And he's like, and I'm like, okay. So I go look, and I'm like, oh, that McAfee guy. He's like, yeah, he's paranoid. He wants a seal. He wants the best seal uh, that there is to go to go, to go guard him. Now, I ain't saying I'm the best seal. I'm just saying I was out. I just got out, okay? So I just got out. I get this opportunity. Money's running out. So I get called in for John McAfee. He reaches out to me. So he calls me. He's like, son. He's like, I need you right now at my house. He goes, how much do you charge? Everything comes down to dollars with Maggie. He's like, how much do you charge? And I'm like, well, I'm like 500 or 1,000 a day, depending on, depending on your life, the threat of your life, you know, depending on the threat. And uh, that was kind of bold of me because I probably would have gone for $10, you know. I was with the SDV team, bro. And uh, so uh, he's like, what? I only, I only charge my, my, my guys only charge 250 a day. And so he had some guys working there. And he said, my guys are special operations guys, and they only charge 250 a day. My response was pretty bold, and I don't, still don't know why. Um, why uh, they? I still don't know why uh, I said this, but I said, hey, sir, it's your life. And so he said, all right, dang. He's like, okay. 
He's like, come down, but I need you here tonight. And so I went there. And so long story short, that's how I started working for, um, for McAfee. And that's how I ended up getting arrested. And that's why I'm on house arrest right now is in connection to John McAfee. Me and him were the only ones that got charged with a litany of things. And in fact, I don't even can't remember all the charges. I know that sounds crazy, but if you read them, it's like hard to, to comprehend for me. Maybe not you, but you can look them up. It's public. And so um, I get to know him like a son. Uh, I end up being like a right-hand man son and stuff. And he tells me all of his personal stuff and, and some pretty cool stories. And uh, so, so we're riding in the truck and he's drinking. And I'm always having to drive and stuff and he's in his big getaway truck. And he's got souped up $70,000 aftermarket on it. Pretty, pretty amazing truck. Big jacked up tires, black pickup. You know, not bulletproof, but it's pretty cool. It's off-road. He's a smart guy. You know, he said he doesn't want an SUV. You don't, because why would you need an SUV if if uh, if you're going to get you know hung up in traffic? No, he want to be able to just go off-road all of a sudden. So, pretty smart guy. Had a huge winch on it. Later, gave me the truck. Um, and so, uh, super generous guy. And so, we're on our way back from Roanoke, Virginia. And he's drinking heavily, and he has me sit in the passenger seat, and he gives me alcohol, uh, you know, wine or whatever. And we're drinking in, the, in this truck, and he's like, "And this is the old me, all right? I don't do, I don't mess around with nothing anymore. That's the dead me." But what I'm saying is, uh, we're in the truck, and, and he's like, um, and he starts to tell me this incredible story, and he's like, "You know, son," he says, "Son," he, and he was looking me dead in the eyes, and when he looked at you, you didn't look away. And so I was staring him dead in his eyes and these crystal blue eyes of him. And he was like, listen, he's like, uh, I was in Brazil. I don't know why he decided to tell me this, but he was like, I was in Brazil. And I was at the carnival in February years ago. This is before he created the antivirus out of nothing. Okay. And he said he was, he, this is an epic story. Okay. And so this, uh, he said that he wanted to do some drugs. And he wanted to get crazy high off DMT. And I was like, well, what's that? He's like, don't worry about it, you know. And so I'm like, okay. He's like, it's this orange powder that you snort. And so he got this orange powder from these, from these guys in Brazil. And, and he's, they said, be careful and just do like this little bitty much. Like you measure it out in grains or something. And so he says, okay. So he goes to his room alone. And he snorts like this tiny little bitty line, okay? And I'm not promoting DMT. I'm not promoting any of this. I'm just telling you what John McAfee told me. He was dead serious. That's what I'm telling you. And so he snorts this little bitty, um, yeah, I'm going to show you that truck one day. Okay, so he snorts this little bitty line of orange dust. He says nothing happened. So he said he waited five minutes. The guys told him to be super careful. There was enough to kill an elephant. But he's like, hey. You know, I, I didn't feel anything, so I just went and did the whole line. So he did the whole thing, and nothing happened. And so he's like, man, I got ripped off. He said, I got ripped off, you know, son. And so he goes and sits down at, um, by his coffee table, and all of a sudden, he said, son, I shot up to the moon. And that's how I talked to him. He's like, I've, I've developed his life. He said, I shot up to the moon, and I was sitting on top of the moon. You know, in this great, uh, you know, abysmal space area. I was in, in total silence, like I was really in space. There's no sound. And he said he's sitting on, on top of the moon in a wooden chair, in, a, in this wooden chair. 
that he was sitting in at, at, in his living room. Okay, and all of a sudden he appears on this moon, and he's just looking around, and he looks down, and he can see Earth like this big, and, and but eons away. Okay, and he's like, "Son," I go, "Yes." He said, "I knew that I had just messed up really, really bad," and I was like, "Yeah, for sure." And so he said. For the next two years, he's stuck in this fear and loathing, Hunter Thomas, like straight up movie epic high trip that he can't come out, come out of. Like we're in backcountry, man. You know what I mean? And he's stuck in this, uh, in this permanent fry, this permanent trip of drugs. In fact, he had a little money because he was a NASA engineer and he actually developed the, the, the highly complex software for, for trains that we know today, the, the, the train track system that switches everything until they kicked him out for doing drugs. But he was the head person for that. But they kept his software. That was nice. And so um, so he had some money. So he went. He said he, he remembers sitting in the bank, in this bank, and the banker knew him because he was the rich man in the town. And so he shuffled McAfee back in the back, but McAfee was so incoherent and babbling, and all he could do was just like live in this sick, twisted nightmare, this permanent trip, for, and he thought that was forever. And he could hear people saying, talking about him, and saying that he was going to die like this invalid man, or they needed to commit him to a home or something. And that he could remember the banker even taking him to the back room and then shuffling him out the door in, in, a, in a chauffeur car because it was so embarrassing. But McAfee had so much money that he was doing this. And so uh, and McAfee talked about just finding himself all of a sudden in this in someone's car. Like he would hitchhike down the road, you know. And it's not like he was a destitute man, homeless man. But he, he would find himself in this, in this uh, car with this random girl or man and just hitching a ride. And, and then he would just wake up and not even know how he got in the car. And they're just talking to him. And he's talking to them, and, and he's scared, and he doesn't know where he is, and he's totally losing touch with reality. And at the time, he's married, and his daughter is at his uh, at his house, and uh, in Virginia there. And he said, "Son," he said, "I was sitting on on the bed, and I'll never forget. I was sitting in the back bedroom, and my wife and my daughter." were boxing up all my stuff. They were boxing everything up in front of him. And he's just sitting there. And he could see this entire thing transpire, this nightmare, Twilight Zone, uh, 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 unfold under his, uh, under his, uh, his eyes. But he can't do anything about it. He's locked in this body. And so they pack up and, and tape all this stuff. He's telling me the detail. They, they pack up all this stuff, and I'm just like, Oh, and he's and keep in mind this entire story. He's just staring at you like this, and you can't break eye contact with John McAfee. You just don't do it. You just don't do it. You know he he's, he he requires the utmost respect. He calls you sir, and so if he's calling you sir, and he's got six armed bodyguards paying him two fifty. Well, me it was five a day, okay, because I negotiated that. Okay, so I negotiated thing. Hey, it's your life, sir. You know what I mean? Anyways, we're going down the road in this big black truck. Hey, lady David. And he's staring at me. He said, they boxed all my stuff up. And then all of a sudden, he said, he said he could hear them as he boxed his stuff up, as if that wasn't bad enough. They were saying, we're going to admit him to so-and-so place in Virginia, Roanoke or somewhere. 
this mental hospital. And they're going to put him away forever. Like, it's over for John McAfee. This is before the McAfee antivirus, right? Okay, I mean, Norton, Norton would have just, think, I mean, you know, think of what Norton would have would have liked right now. Yeah, he probably would have wished that McAfee would have stayed in this coma, this crazy, crazy thing. I mean, no competition, right? Well, uh, he could hear his mom and his, and his daughter uh, talking about how they're going to put him away. And so he said this voice all of a sudden comes to him while he's sitting on the, on the bed. And it says, I want you to go murder your um, wife and your daughter. So this voice comes out of nowhere and tells John McAfee to murder his, his um, wife at the time. I think, I think it was his first wife. He had three. Uh, Janice was his last one. And, and uh, uh, tells, this voice tells John to, to murder his wife and his daughter. And he says, no problem. Because this is where he's at, okay? I'm just telling you what happened. I'm just telling you what happened. What are you doing? And so, and he's like sitting there with this crystal blue eyes telling me this. He's peering through me and I'm going, what? And so he says, okay. So he goes and gets a shotgun. I don't know where he got the shotgun. I don't know what all that stuff. Don't ask me details. He got. He gets a 28, 12 gauge. Who cares? He, he, he loads it. You know how to load a shotgun. I know all y'all do. So he, he walks over. To back to his house, they're still in there. They're oblivious to John. He's so jacked up, so gone. He he walks up slowly. He said, "Son, I walked up slowly down this this little sidewalk. It was a nice sunny day. He could hear him through the screen door. There was a screen door, and then he could see them and hear them boxing things up. And he walked up with a shotgun. He said, and he put his hand on the the doorknob. He's going to murder him. Just shoot him. Shoot his daughter and his wife. And he said." Uh, right when he put his hand on that door, he said, a man, a man's voice said, excuse me, sir. And John said, mm. and he looks over with a shotgun and uh, finger off the trigger, of course. And and this man with a bow tie, with with white shirt, no, you've never seen anybody like this, uh, with a Bible, with, with something in the book, he says, hey, sir, uh, can I tell you a story? And John McAfee goes, about what? About what? And, and he goes, I want to tell you about a man named Jesus. And John McAfee's like, hmm, no. He's always going, hmm, okay, mm -hmm. all right. It sounds good. So he goes, you know, he said he'd heard about Jesus before, and, and but never really in depth. And, and John's a very educated man. And so he was like, uh, why not? You know, why not take this little, uh, you know, interlude break? And so John puts the shotgun, leans it on the on the side of the, the house by the door, the screen door. His, you know, his poor, poor uh, wife and daughter had no idea what was about to happen. And the man goes, okay, and comes up, and there's a, a porch swing, you know, bench swing. And he said they both get on this swing. And the gentleman with the bow tie speaks to John about this man named Jesus. And I'm not trying to convert anybody right now by the story. This I'm just telling you a fear and loathing slash I mean Jesus moment. Okay, he's swinging on this swing. Okay, with this man, and he says it was the he goes son. It was the most incredible story that I had ever heard about this man named Jesus. He just had this, and that's pretty big coming from John. Okay, I mean he's always trying to solve mysteries in his head and do kinds of wacky things. Okay, and he's like. I mean, he was working on computers the size of houses. He used to tell programmers that when they would programmers that when he, they would try to uh, tell him something. 
And he would be like, hey, I used to work on computers the size of houses at NASA when you were a zygote. Okay, he didn't say zygote, but he said child. And so, so he says it was the most beautiful thing in the world, Jimmy. He said this man told me this story about Jesus as they swung on this swing for two hours. Well, come to find out. Uh, the, the man says, can I pray for you? And John, at the end of the story, goes, mm, well, uh, sure, why not? And so the man, you know, prays for John McAfee on this swing. And as he's done saying amen, uh, instantaneously, like that, boom, John comes out of this permanent trip. Boom, gone, clean, perfect. Okay? And I'm sitting there like this in the truck with a bottle of Boone's Farm. And everybody else, the, the driver's like leaned over all year. And I said, so, because I was in shock when he said that because I didn't think that John believed in Jesus. I, I just felt like that in, in, from our interactions and stuff. And I was like, oh, I was like, so, so you believe in Jesus? And, and he looked at me a long time and he said, you know, son, he says, uh, he goes, I don't, I don't, but, but. I know that there's something out there. There is some bigger power out there. And I was like, what? I mean, if that happened to me, then I'm telling you right now, whoever that man was, whatever his name was, that, that uh, had the authority to, to take me out of this permanent trip from this orange powder in Brazil and carnival, I'll tell you, man, I believe in that person. You know what I'm saying? So that's the story. And I just appreciate y'all listening to that. So I, I, I've been wanting to tell the detailed version of that. Um, so let's go on with the questions. Thank you very much. Your swag, homie. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, this person says, Mr. Watson, I try to answer every question as brutally honest as possible. Mr. Watson, do you have any crypto? Depends. Who's asking? You know what I'm saying? Who is asking? Let me ask you a question first, and, I'll, and, and, and then I'll answer that one. If you can answer me this, do you own crypto? Which you're going to say yes, and then I'm going to have to tell you yes as well. So there's your answer. Praying for you, brother. Sincerely, I am. Thank you so much. Uh, I've, I, you know, uh, so I've, I've answered uh, why I'm on house arrest. Uh, this, this person says, uh, Brandon, thank you for your question. It says, do you, and I'm sorry about the camera position. Do you believe John killed himself or was he gotten to? Uh, thanks, Brandon, for the question. Um, I, I sincerely have thought about this when the news first came to me. It's like, listen, I don't watch the news, but I had a lot of people text me and stuff saying, bro, did you hear the news? And I'm thinking, oh, it's just fud. But I realized that uh, uh, it was true that John McAfee supposedly uh, killed himself. And, hey, I love you too. This person said, you're an effing bad dude. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. And so when I got the news of this, and then my lawyer texted me and said, hey, this could be wrong info. I got to verify this, but this may have happened. And that very day, the very next day, I, I was sent 
touch point. I was sent to, uh, sorry, my GPS just went off. Yes, I know. Um, the very next day, I, I went to ORW, Operation Restore Warrior. That's where Jesus literally transplanted my heart, guys. That That's the whole purpose of this, take talk and everything else. And so um, to answer your question, at first, I thought that he killed himself. and I, But it just didn't make any sense. But then I started reasoning. And, you know, without going into like 50 different like details why, basically, if you're sitting in a Spaniard dungeon and you're sitting there for a long time, okay, and then you get word that you're being extradited, even though you lost your case, that you're not being, that, that you're not going to be able to stay in Spain, you're getting extradited. Listen, that would be the best name that you have, that, that would be the best news that you have ever had, right? And so he gets news that he's being extradited you're going to leave the cell today john and he hangs himself that doesn't make any sense it's just not it's not within our human uh, i don't think ability or or, or or it doesn't make sense uh with human nature i mean when you when you put the human nature equation into this basically you know we 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 want to survive we we don't want to die uh when you put that factor in it just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Thank you for that question. This person said, Cal Chevy, Chevy, uh, California love, prayer hands, reporting for duty. Aye, Captain. You have reported for duty successfully. Carry on, son. Sit down, at ease. I used to love walking in rooms and going, sit down, at ease, to the military. And everybody got, oh, oh, you know? And I'm like, just kidding. You know what I mean? Because I, mean, I wasn't an officer, you know what I mean? So, uh, and if, even if I was, I wasn't uh, a high enough officer to even be playing that game. So I was never an officer, but it was kind of fun to do that. Sit down, hey, still do it sometimes. My little dog sits up and then sits down. Touch point. Yeah. I would love uh, to for every one of you uh, to to go to tellmystory.io. I hate sounding like advertising advertising-ish, you know what I mean? It's not like that. I just want y'all to see that platform. That's pretty cool, right? Uh, do you think, uh, let's see here. Do you think he is, uh, John McAfee is being held hostage? Thank you for your uh, question. I don't think that John McAfee is um, alive. I, You know, I, I would love to sit here and tell you something like juicy and be like, hey man, look, check it out, check it out. So uh so John John is uh he's he's straight up alive still and he's gonna bring back the next Bitcoin. He did this, he did this. Nah man, no, nah. he's dead. He's dead. You know what I'm saying? He he's, he's he's dead. But but I don't think he killed himself. I think somebody straight up murdered him. It's hard to hang yourself in a facility. Uh, I know. Trust me. I know that sounds crazy, but um, a lot of people are still asking why I'm on house arrest. I appreciate you, and I understand why you're asking. Uh, my house arrest is in direct connection to be a, being arrested with John McAfee, but I cannot talk about case details. But um, all I have said um, from the very beginning is that you can check me out. Um, I, you can check me out. You you can you can look up the charges because they're public. Uh, unfortunately, I'm in this situation, and I can't say uh, 
I can either confirm or deny anything. You know what I mean? It's just how it is. Dude, I, this part, Eddie, Eddie says, uh, I have a Yorkie. Let's see. There's a lot of messages. Dude, I have a Yorkie also. He is so smart and awesome and uh, awesome. Uh, but he's not near as smart as your dog does. I'm just kidding. He didn't say the last part. Thank you very much. You experimented. This person says you experimented. Well, what, with the DMT in Brazil? I mean, in that order, no. Is that an answer? Did you help the ex-CEO of Nissan escape Japan? Of course I did. Why would I not? Why? You know I did. I don't understand. What's the big deal about that? Um, thoughts? Bradley41 says, thoughts? And by the way, sometimes I don't, Sometimes people come in, even one or two guys were acting like seals and actually thinking that I'm being serious about some things. And I'm going, bro, first of all, change your handle name from your class. Second of all, chill out. Calm down. You know, calm down. You know what I mean? And touch point, by the way. And I'm sorry that I'm occupying your thoughts so much because you're not occupying mine. Well, well, you know, not like that. You know, you know what I'm saying. Okay. Can we get like a tattoo tour? You know, you know, nobody wants to hear about these tattoos, you know what I'm saying? Touch point and touch point. Notice, okay, I love this one. Because uh, when you when you have a message, I've learned on TikTok. I've never, I wasn't allowed to have social media, or you're not supposed to, and I did not have social media in the seals. Now, now that I do, I'm learning all kinds of different things. And when a statement is, is preloaded with no disrespect, you better stand by for a, a question. And a lot of people will block these people, but I don't block people. Well, I blocked one guy so far who was pretending to be a team guy and who was talking some stuff. Okay, no disrespect. This person's William. William says, no disrespect, but what is the scar on your neck from? You know, I've heard a few people, I've heard a lot of uh, TikTok, fellow TikTokers uh, say, hey, don't you ask him about that scar on his neck. Because you know it's an AK-47 round. You know he got shot through and through, right through his neck, like right here, boom, boom. And, and if I was a poser, which we all are sort of, I mean, or else I wouldn't have all these tattoos and, and fake beard dye in, in a mohawk. But if, let's just say, like, like if I was a real jerk, then I would allow these comments to continue on and, and be like, yeah, let's let, let, let's let them think it's an AK-47 round in his neck. Let's let them think that Jimmy got shot right through and through with an AK-47 round. In fact, I'm going to let them say it was a hollow point, and it expanded out, and it blew my entire head off. And But I got it reattached at James A. Lee Veterans Hospital at the polytraumatic ward, because I already told you about that. That was a traumatic brain injury, but I also had my head reattached on my body because I'm so cool and I'm writing books and everything. And I'm writing a book about how still shouldn't write books because, you know, I'm just kidding. I, you know I'm joking around out there. But the scar is not a bullet wound. It's not a grenade fragmentation. 
Okay, not right there. And and th this right here, if you look closely, okay, uh, that's my uh, that was my girl. That was my girl's lips that I got tattooed on my neck. When you're doing some Muay when you're doing some Muay Thai in Thailand, you know, and you have your shirt off and you're like, ha ha ha, I'm part of the Tiger Gym. Uh, uh. Uh, uh, back spin fist. Then it's okay to have your girl's lips tattooed on your neck. In fact, it's quite cool, especially when your battle-hardened Muay Thai trainer with scars all over his face has done three hundred thousand more fights than your normal UFC guy says. Oh, what is this? And you say it's your, it's my girl's lips, homie. He goes, why, why you do it? Why you do it? And so that's my girl's, that was my girl's uh, uh, lips. Uh, it's all cool in Thailand, you know, COVID lockdown. Get back to the States, not so cool, my friend. Uh, you, 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 you know, long story short, man. I had a guy, after scrubbing it, I scrubbed it myself with a wire brush, no joke, and a uh, wire brush and uh, salt and lime juice uh, about four or five times and it would like just bleed everywhere and then heal back up and it, but it, it really wasn't fading much it, it was just barely touching fading it wasn't doing anything and, and something about osmosis or whatever but anyways they uh, this uh, then i called the tattoo removal people and they're like bro red <laughs> you got lips on your neck and, and, and they said it takes you know they say it takes like uh, 14 different times to remove it. And so that's the story there. I had this guy, uh, this scientist, the COVID scientist. I know that sounds nuts, but it was a COVID, one of the leading COVID scientists I was guarding briefly. He liked me. It was a little perks. He sits me down in his office, puts some deadening in there with the longest needle ever. I was terrified. I was like this. And he was like inching this long needle up into my, uh, you know, you know, membrane, whatever you call that, and he was dead, he deaded it, and then he took a, a no-joke, real carterizer, and he's like, hold still. I know he used that voice a lot. He goes, hold still, and he's like, Tsh! and I'm like, what was that? And, and I smoked this burning flesh, and he goes, did you feel that? And I go, no, but I heard it, and I hope to God I don't feel it, because you'll have PTSD for the rest of your life. And so, he sat there and was like, Two hours later, infinity sign, and so, and he knew how to he knew how to cauterize it off. I mean, I mean, sort of right. But this is way better than the big fat pair of lips. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Uh, she 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 had the lips on there, and that's it. Thank you. So no disrespect taking, and I love the question. Okay. It's not an AK-47 round. All right, I'm sorry. Full disclosure. Thanks. Thank you. Um, somebody said, I'm Air Force as well. I don't want this shot. Might get out. Look, homie, if you're in the Air Force, man, listen, I got eight anthrax shots. It's this thick, milky, white, Anthrax shots, it ain't nobody saying anything about that. Now, when I'm 60 years old, if I make it that far and I get off house arrest, I don't have white hair like Einstein with a mohawk and house arrest still, 
then I got to go to the VA and say, nah, man, I ain't here for no Agent Orange. I'm here for the anthrax they gave me. By the way, back in the day in the Marine Corps, if uh, I was I was in pre-9-11, okay? I was in the Marine Corps when they were hazing dudes, making you clean toilets with gas masks and half a grapefruit. Have you ever cleaned a toilet with half a grapefruit? I have. And then ate it afterwards? I haven't done that. That was a bit dramatic. Where was I going with that? You understand what I'm saying? The Marine Corps used to lose shot records, you know? Uh, they lost my Medal of Honor. They lost a bunch of stuff. Um, that was a joke. That's a joke, guys. Okay. But they lost, you know, they, they lose everything. I mean, they had one of the records building in Virginia blew up on fire. And then everybody's records got, you know, disappeared, you know. And then, of course, in the Marine Corps, if you did something worthy of like a Bronze Star or Medal of Honor, I jump on a grenade, they're like, we will allow you to re-enlist. That is what we're going to give you. In other, in, in other places, uh, they're like, we're giving you triple bronze star, silver star, and uh, epic Eloshi um, um, this and this and this. Yeah, I don't know, man. You get a parking space. That's pretty cool. Uh, Marine Corps, you, you might get an, an up, the other half of the grapefruit, and you'll have to take it out of your buddy's mouth, of course, with your mouth. Like, you know, this weird, and he comes out, and you take it, and then you, and then you have to clean the toilet with it. Uh, but the Marine Corps lost my anthrax shots. And so uh, times two, so eight times two, what is that, 16 shots? Rounded up, 17. And so that's what I got. I got 17 anthrax shots probably. I'm not joking you, that real thick milk, white anthrax stuff. So, hey, man, give the shot. I don't know. But, I mean, I mean just give the shot because – it's not worth your career unless you think it's going to mess you up. I had to get it, man. I didn't want to get it, okay? I ain't saying, I ain't saying that. I had to get it, and it, I slept for three or four days. You know, anything that, that you shoot up in your, in your body, not you shoot up in your body, but somebody else shoots up in your body, and you sleep for three days, four days, something ain't right. Something, I still sleep sometimes. I'm still like, you know? So... Thank you, though, very much for that question. Hey, man, stay in the Air Force, brother. You know? All right. Don't get out. It, don't, you're kind of subconsciously probably, like, allowing that to push you out because you, you're, you don't really want to stay in. But just stay in, man. I've had that talk with a lot of people. Stay in. Stay in the military because when you stay in, you're, you never regret that decision. But you often will regret getting out. I got out of the Marine Corps, took a staff with them, blah, 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 then went back in. You know, okay, what's keeping you going during your difficulty, my dude? Same attitude from Buds. Benjamin Bailey, 76, asks, what's keeping you, Jimmy, uh, what, what's keeping you going through this difficult time? And uh, uh, is it the same attitude uh, as Buds? I, you know, I think so. I, I think that you just, you just have to be, man. It's not a thing. You got to be a resilient in this life. If you want to survive in this life and do something worthy of the cause, if you want to step into the arena, you're going to get hit by tomatoes. 
You might get hit by a spear or a lion may devour you in half. But at least you stepped and walked into that arena. I had a buddy yesterday. I, I talked to him a long time. Tyler, man, I love you, man. I, I hope you're watching. Uh, I'm sorry if you are. And, and, and he, we talked yesterday and he said, hey, he said, man, honor ain't on a piece of paper. You know, he's like, hey, you know, he goes, I, I lived for nine months. He was a Marshawn. He goes, I lived for nine months out of a bag, sleeping on the ground and with nothing, getting shot at all day. He goes, I'll do it again before I, 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 I bend or buckle to, to the government's, you know, or, or this or that, whatever. I'm not going to tell, tell you what our conversation is. You know what I'm saying. And uh, so honor is not on a piece of paper. I got two honorables. Does it mean I was honorable? Just because you got honorable on a piece of paper don't mean you were honorable. Just because you were dishonorable actually means you were dishonorable. You know, they have guys. I know super honorable guys that get out with medals and ribbons, but, they, but, but they're hiding out in an office their whole life. You know, and that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do, bro. But stop posing, man. You know what I mean? But going back to your question, you got to have unbelievable resilience in this life to continue on. You know what I mean? Like, there's been times where I was down in the mud. You know, I'm talking down hard. And so this house arrest, man, I mean, as you can see, my, my, my mom has a nice house. And, and, uh, and but being on house arrest just psychologically will mess you up and, and stuff. And, it's like Poltergeist and The Shining and, and being at Disney World on the teacup ride all at once. It's strange. It's like you're spinning around all day uh, with some weird kid in the corner looking at you. And, and it's just, it's difficult at times. But, but you know, there's people going through way worse. I've been through way worse, man. You know, 24-hour lockdown, uh, that's, that's hard. Being in a dungeon in Florida at a terrible place. I was in another story, terrible. Uh, 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 living in a hole for, for days on end with one MRE in the Marines and, and a bottle of water and watching the sun just barely crest in Afghanistan and go back down. You know, that's right after 9-11, just days. Uh, uh, the shortest days, the winter coming Christmas, right after 9-11, the shortest days in Afghanistan, four hours, you know, without any heat, without the right gear. You know, you got the desert candy still. It ain't no digis. You know, you, you, you ain't no parka. I think there was one parka they got from an, somebody in the Air Force that we were like, beg, we were begging, borrowing, stealing just to like wear it for like five minutes and then pass it. So I was so miserable, cold. You know, burn some plastic and, uh, you know, put some kid light juice and some Tabasco bottles and hang them up. I don't know what that's about for Christmas lights. <sighs> Anyways, it's, you, you if you, if you have to be able to just place yourself somewhere else in this life, you know, hey, I, I learned how to sell in Spain, Marbella, what was it, Mallorca, and near Ibiza. And I was like on this sabbatical for two years and, and uh, I was there sailing around, and, and I, I'll never forget. It was some, some of the most miserable times of my life. 
and we're, we're talking about the open ocean, beautiful ocean, wind in your hair, you know, like it, wind in your face, you know. Uh, it, but, but, but happiness is not a place is what I'm trying to say. Happiness is not a location. Now, there's way worse areas to go to, but happiness is just not a place. Um, you know, I've been, uh, I've actually been laughing and, and, and happy and, and, and hell week even. You know, kind of hysterically laughing with other guys, shaking like this, because you know there's nothing else this instructors could possibly do to you, because you you will die, you will literally die with your friend there, because you don't care anymore, you just don't care anymore, and that switch has to go off. And in buds, if that switch, like baby still training or climbing Mount Everest on, with sandals, the Sherpas, whatever, if that switch doesn't go off, if it never goes off, then you'll never go across the finish line. You'll never accomplish those big things. And how does how does a, someone get that switch to go off? You can't do it manually. There's nobody that can do it for you. The thoughts of your mommy and daddy so proud of you if you make it, that goes way out the window. Those superficial words of saying, I will die before I quit. Don't say that because you're going to be the first person that quits before you die. Okay? It's the reverse. The ambulance is right there. Uh, don't be that guy. You have to be die hard in one thing, and that's to be, that's to throw one foot in front of the other. One, every day, you just throw one foot in front of the other. One foot at a time. One chow at a time. One little cat nap at a time. My buddy used to say, God bless his soul, Matt Leathers that died. He said, hey, being on a deployment is like sleeping around like a dog. You, you sleep like a dog. You know how a dog just kind of does these, never sleeps like like for a long time unless you're buzzed and you're spoiled. You know, you sleep like these little bitty naps throughout the day. And so you have to have the one foot forward method. And of course, touch point. But you have to move forward every day with the same attitude is everybody wakes up and they're like, I can't make it another day. There's no way I can do this anymore. Well, you just, you're done. You're done. But if you continue to put that foot forward every single day, and you're just like, one foot, the next foot, I don't care. My skin's falling off. I don't give me more petroleum jelly. I don't care. I don't care if I look bozo or the clown. This, this haircut reversed right now because the boat's rubbing my hair off my head. You continue to go. One foot after the next, and that's with any. Who cares about the SEAL teams and stuff with, with the with Bud's training? That's awesome. That's a, an incredible thing to do, a feat, okay? But but think about this. It's not about the, the Bud's. It's not about SEAL training. It's not about Navy SEAL training. It's about going for something where you can internally feel like you have done something. Not, it's not about you. It's not for self. It's selfish for a time, but it's really so that you can be a beacon for others. So why are you putting your foot, one foot in front of the next, every day? You're looking down like this. You're, you're eating sand all day. You're, you're eating everybody's mud pie every single day of your life until one day you stand tall, salute, boom, try it on your chest, move out the door, okay? You know, move out the door. Go. Right? And so you have to have the mindset. And if you have the mindset, guess what? We go back to your question. The switch. 
one day, out of nowhere, the switch goes. And once that switch goes off, man, mud pies hit you like this. And you're just like, <laughs> touch point. Be careful when you tease. Mongolian proverb here. Be careful when you tease the baby cub. For one day he may grow up to be a vicious, roaring tiger. Don't ever forget that. That's why you don't bully the wrong people. That's why you don't mess with people. You know what I mean? The freight train's coming. Get on it. Don't get on it. Be late and act like you were trying to be on time. But don't be that person standing in front of the freight train when it hits you. Now, so if you continue to put one foot in front of the other, whether you're 17 years old, like I talked to a lot of guys this week, okay? Like, like if, if, whether you're 17 year old, year old or you're 60 years old battling some cancer or some, some you're, you're going through the biggest fight of your life, a divorce, you're high right now on methamphetamines, you're high on morphine, do you think right now that Jesus cares? Jesus cares about you. He don't care about that you're high. He, he cares about you. And he's saying, don't wait. Don't wait till you're done getting high. Okay? Yeah, it'd be great if you had some kind of intestinal fortitude to flush that down the toilet right now. But you're not. You're going to do the whole bunch. And you're going to continue to do it. But guess what? I still love you. And I'm going to see you through this day. And I'm going to see you through tomorrow. And then you're going to stop doing it because you're going to see how much I love you today. And that's, that's true commitment. So whether you're, you're in the proverbial Navy SEAL buzz of your life right now, and you're doing smack or you're on the street, listen to this somehow, I don't know, through iPhone. Yes, everybody got iPhones. Then you can do it, but you got to trust in God. The only way to keep throwing that foot, guess what? You can't do it on your own, but God can do it for you. And I'll tell you, when you're when 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 you're putting that foot in front of the other, it seems like hell. It seems like hell to just wake up when you have some kind of terminal disease, when you have some kind of terrible, terrible addiction that just grasps your insides and your soul and just will not let you go. And you're like, there's nothing that I can do, though, Jimmy. And I've asked God over and over and over. He heard you the first time. Now just let go. Surrender to God. And he will take over. And that little, that terrible thing that clinched you so hard, and that vice, that addiction to porn, to drugs, to, to pride, to the arrogance that says, oh, I've never messed up like that. I'm not as crazy as him. Oh, really? 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 It must be nice to be you who doesn't do anything, who crosses his T's, dots the I's, and goes to the church every Sunday. It must be really nice to never have done anything wrong or dark that you don't want someone to know and be exposed to. And thank God that that doesn't happen often. 
unless you're arrested by the FBI, you get exposed for everything in your life. But if you put your foot forward, all you gotta do, now you have the willpower to pick up that gun and put it to your head. You, you have free, free will. Ain't nobody gonna stop you. But you don't have to. You can say, all right, I'm, I'm gonna throw one more foot in front of the other. I'm gonna throw my left foot in front of the other. And guess what? One day, one day, if you just have this much shred, one muster seed of faith, and you will do more greater things than I, Jesus said. He wasn't just talking to his disciples. And so when that switch goes off one day, when it went off in Bud's helping for me, guess what? That's how you have resiliency to go through anything. And it don't matter what people say anymore. It don't matter what hits you anymore. Okay? Wave doesn't matter anymore. The cold doesn't matter anymore. In Hell Week, you should see the guys after the third day. Nobody quits. Nobody quits statistically. It's like it's like so rare it doesn't happen. Because after 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 Wednesday, you just one day you're just like this. And you just kind of stop and you just kind of go. I don't know. And, and the instructor will be like, get out of the water. Get out of the water now. And you'll be like, I don't want to get out. No, I want to do a backflip in the water now. And I want to go swim out deeper. Let's get back under. Let's go under again and again and again. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's resiliency. Putting one foot in front of the other, the, the trigger will go off in your head. The switch will go off. Whoever you are out there, young, old, doesn't matter, female, male, Whoever you are, that's all you need. Thank you for the question. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Do I know any government secrets? No comment. <laughs> this Hillary Clinton touch point. I love you guys. You guys have made my life so much more amazing. Uh, I'm going to read this one because it's kind of like my own little self thing. But Zombie Slayer says, Jimmy for president, you speak the truth. I don't know. Can you imagine being president? I mean, look what Trump had to go through. It's, it would be hell. I mean, I, I think that I've been through a lot. Man. Uh, uh, Pat, <laughs> this person said this is probably more accurate than president. But Pastor Jimmy has a good ring to it. I like that. Mill, Millbob247, I like you. Thank you very much. Appreciate you saying that. I really respect you. Uh, I don't know if they would accept me in churches with this kind of talk. Because it's not the general talk that you would think. Oh, and by the way, uh, let's take up a big offering, you know, and get all this money. You know, you know can you imagine if I told you after this big talk I just gave you? One of my most epic speeches ever, just now. And I'm like, and Pastor Dodge, you, and this is what, and you take the gun, and then you put it down, and then you pull one foot after another. And then I'm like, oh, let's take an offering right now, and can you pay me this much money? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I'm actually selling all that. Blah, 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 blah. Man's got to eat. Man's got to eat. You know what I mean? But, but Jesus' word is not for sale. Can you imagine the offense of that? Putting $20 on God's word that he just gave you to give to somebody else? That is t 
terrifying. Oh, son, come in the pearly gates. But wait, did you actually put a price tag of $19.95 plus shipping and handling on the word I gave you to give to the people? Big mistake. And then you go, touch point. And he goes, I don't think so, pal. I don't know. This is just a suggestion. Uh, did you serve, this person, did you serve with uh, Chris Kyle or Jocko? I served during that time and uh, have absolutely 100% love for those guys in, in mad respect. Hardcore guys. Um, everyone, I, did you buy, let me see this. What did you say? I love this. Hey, Jimmy. Wait, it's going too fast. There's too many comments. Yeah, there's too many. Hey, Jimmy, can you please tell us how you got on house risk? Love you, man. Um, it's public, you know. Stacy, thank you for always laughing. appreciate you. Deep. I know. It's deep, man. Uh, and our church doesn't hand out offering plates. That's beautiful. I, I, I think that everybody should, you know, obviously give. And give, uh, you know, according to what what's been given to them, you know, how the abundance of their heart the, and all these tithing. But, but, but I'm talking about having a, a, a credit card thing at the end of each pew. Okay. That's, that's, that's extreme. Um, did you ever have a mission go South while on a water mission? Brother. Now, next question. Okay. The next question. Um, how are we doing on time? Beasy? How are we doing on time? Okay, it's been an hour. Um, what's up? Years of service, brother. I have 17 uh, total years. Uh, it's calculated as 17 total years combined service, Marine Corps uh, and uh, Navy. Now, I have uh, four years of Blackwater in there, but it was also doing the Marine Reserves. Go figure. You know, But that's nice because I would have rather been making the money in Blackwater than in uh, Marine Corps. Uh, reserves not making the money, but still being in the same place. Uh, interesting stories there. Did you buy your ticket to get to the gates? Hey, starfish. That's right. All right. Thank you. Now, the gospel should be preached around the world. You can't preach prosperity message. Yeah, you know what? I think it's one of the biggest um, downsides to a lot of great evangelists start out great in, in ministries, but you bring in the money thing and people just just inherently go, oh, man, this is a salesman. I'm getting scammed here, okay? Uh, how old are you? I am 40 years old and uh, going on younger every day. I feel younger. Uh, we are about at one hour. Can I please remind everybody about the um, my, the website that was just created? Um, it's our website. It's tellmystory.io. And you can go there and look at all the different uh, platforms that BZ has created. I don't understand any of it, but it's cool. I think it's great. Uh, and then, uh, but the most easiest way uh, that you can get me is uh, by going to jimmywatsonpodcast.com. Uh, jimmywatsonpodcast.com. For more info about my podcast and TikTok, please go there in all of the media go to tellmystory.io uh, i really appreciate everybody and this person let me ask me answer one more question and then i gotta go okay i love all y'all thank you for your support um do you have any 
Uh, this person said, let's see, Meg, Meg the Stallion. Do you have any, I love it. Do you have any advice about how to overcome failure and disappointment in yourself? I would say this, that did you know uh, that, that most people that have overcome incredible things and done amazing things have deep-seated guilt and sadness and remorse and feel like failures? There are so many people. There's, I know someone who uh, didn't, uh, never said I love you to his son. And his son tragically and unfortunately died. Uh, and they have to live with that as a feeling like they're a failure their whole life. There are uh, all kinds of people out there right now with terrible guilt and remorse. I have guilt. I have survivor's remorse on several different levels I, I can't get into. I have... Uh, all kinds of different things. I, I've had to make a lot of decisions in combat as a leader that affected others that I would do again, most likely, in, in most cases. Uh, and but it's and, and, and I would do differently now. That now that I hindsight twenty twenty, and that's why you can't, just can't judge anybody. But what I would say is give it all to God, give it all to Jesus, and He will set you free. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And you can be free of that failure. Believe it or not, I believe that that's the enemy, the devil, telling you that. And you need to break these agreements. Break any agreements. Write down the agreements that you made. I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. You know, a lot of times we see our relationship on earth with our dads as a relationship, as a direct reflection of a relationship with God. And so keep God first. I love y'all all. I hope that helps out a lot, okay? Bedtime, you think he sleeps, he counts cool. That's right. I don't ever sleep. I wait. I wait. I want to leave y'all with a, a quote that came to mind. A little kid gave this to me today. He came over uh, with his mom. It's not like that, okay? They say, no. This ain't conjugal visit, Jimmy Watson Podcast.com. This is um, my mom brought over a friend with her son, and he wanted to meet me, and he wanted to uh, play uh, uh, soldiers. And he had such a good time. Because we played a long time guns and drew all I drew some great guns. I beat him up. I beat him and all that. I, I was like, y'all, no, look at my machine gun now. Uh-huh. My M16. Well, he gave me this. He liked me so much. He gave me this. It was really. Uh, really nice, but he also gave me a quote. Do you know what this kid said? If you guys held on till the end here, you're going to be happy. I'm going to leave you with this one last thing. This kid says when he's leaving, he goes, I got one more thing. And this kid's nine years old. He goes, Jimmy, he said, hmm. he said, you know how you find yourself out of a, a landmine field? And I said, tell me, son. And he said, you follow the rats. Good night, everyone. Love you.